listening to the Defenders Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about the Netflix series from Marvel, uh, but we're here with a special bonus episode for you this week. Uh, let's introduce ourselves first. Uh, my name is Robin. I'm Claire. I'm Matt. I'm Mel. And with us is a very special guest, uh, um, Joshua. Uh, jo- I, I wasn't sure if I should call you Joshua or Josh. Josh is just fine. Josh is great. Uh, I'm only Joshua when I'm in trouble. So. Uh, well, <laughs> Joshua. Yeah. Well, we didn't tell you, but yeah, somebody here is very angry with you. Well, this is the weirdest intervention I've ever been a part of. <laughs> uh, is it Levy or Lovey? It's Lovey, actually. Lovey? Gosh, yes. we should have cleared this up before we recorded. That's uh, okay. It's, it's part of the charm. It's good. <laughs> um, if you uh, folks out there haven't heard of Josh, uh, he was featured in an io9.com uh, article by Charlie, um, Charlie Jane Anders called Why Isn't Netflix's Daredevil Series Available for the Blind? Which, uh, <laughs> I mean, the reason why they kind of... They, they, they kind of, uh, you know, targeted you for this uh, was the fact that you are... <laughs> A blind attorney at law, right? I, I certainly am with a lot less martial ability. Yes, <laughs> I, am, I am a blind lawyer. I have heard, you know, that, that naturally lends itself. I've always heard, oh, just like Daredevil. Yeah. So, you know, almost. So close. Okay, so that was my first question. I was going to ask if you were Daredevil. Um, I, I'm not. I'm Daredevil if he did uh, complex insurance coverage litigation instead of criminal law. So and didn't fight crime. <laughs> maybe maybe your next step is to change your name to Matt Murdock. Maybe that or could be. <laughs> so does that get actually like tiring for you? You're like, yeah, yeah. Oh no. Okay. No, you, you know, it's it's better than it's better than other things people could say. So no, it's it's uh yeah no it's it's not tiring. It's kind of funny. Something we can kind of chuckle about. And, <laughs> so. Oh, I really I'm looking at the article uh, that you were mentioning right now, and the first comment is uh, a GIF. Uh, and it says double face palm when one, uh, for when one face palm doesn't cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, the the fact is that Netflix has no way for the visually impaired to enjoy any of their original programming. And honestly, just reading this article was education to me because I really never thought of that. I always thought, well, you know, it it, it sucks because I'm sure you know visually impaired people like can enjoy movies and TV, but as it turns out, they actually can. So Absolutely. You, yeah. Did you want to kind of educate our audience as I've had to educate myself? Oh, sure. How- ab- ab- absolutely. So, oh, you know, and I can't even remember the first time I was introduced to audio description. I know it was on a VHS tape of Terminator 2. That's about all I can remember. But mm-hmm. uh, so audio description essentially plays a uh, pre-recorded track over a movie with a voiceover actor reading uh, a description of what's happening in any given scene with pretty pretty high levels of detail. And the way it's set up is the audio description happens in between dialogue during a movie or TV show so that you don't you don't miss as much content. And uh, and it's it's an amazing service. So originally you had to order special VHS tapes, and then as time went on, more and more DVDs began to offer. It uh, under the SAP section or under the languages section, you know, you could select it uh, like you'd select Spanish or closed captioning. And then in more recent years, I'd say probably within the last five years, movie theaters have started introducing they have Bluetooth headsets for certain for certain screenings of movies that I can put on and get that same audio track in my ears during the movie. So it's becoming 
significantly more prevalent, uh, and, and even that has grown in the last few years to where, you know, originally maybe you'd have one movie at a given week that was audio described. Now you've got almost every major release is going to be available at, at a larger theater in audio description. So it's come a long way in the last 10, 15 years. Wow. Definitely. And when, when I read the article, I was honestly blown away that Netflix didn't have any audio description because, um, like when I use Netflix, I always, for instance, use the closed captioning just because, uh-huh. I, like my, my, I'm not deaf or anything, but my hearing isn't 100%. And sometimes okay. I can miss things. So I often put on closed captioning when I watch DVDs and I use it on Netflix. And I know of other channels, um, going, going with the fact that in particular this show that has a visually impaired pro- protagonist does not have closed captioning, so people who are visually impaired can enjoy it. And another example I know of, I know USA Network uh, did when they released Covert Affairs, who has a visually impaired character, they made sure that on the DVD releases there was um, audio description, and I think on the release when they released it on USA Network, so I believe that's that true. Netflix USA are, is good. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. But the fact that Netflix didn't when they're this sort of pioneer of this is a new way of entertainment really surprised me. Um, yeah. That they had sort of hadn't, you know, jumped on board that. Because I think they have closed captions for everything on there. Well, and from what I understand, that was something that was not immediate. I don't, I don't know how... How much pressure had been put on them? I don't want to, you know, tell tales out of school, but I, I, from what I understand, there had been some pressure to to achieve the closed captioning mm. in a broader sense. So uh, it's, it's more of a question of, you know, and, and as it is with most things, it, it's how much pressure you can apply to to get these changes to be seen. Because with some uh, most, you know, with very few exceptions, uh, large companies and, and services just don't want to take the expense to, yeah. to adapt things. And that's why we have to have laws like the ADA and things yeah. like that, because if it were cost-effective, everyone would do it. And obviously it's and a lot so, more expensive than doing closed captioning because you can have um, a computer that does closed captioning that you right. know, translates it into text, whereas if you if you have um, audio description, you have to hire someone to, to read it, you have to plan it out and everything like that. So it is more cost, but obviously it's something that they really need to look into investing in, you know, to to get that wider audience. Yeah, and I even noticed that where many of the major releases are, do you have that audio description in the theaters? Sometimes it doesn't carry over to the DVDs or Blu-rays. I mean, do you ever, like, feel pressured to catch a movie just in case, you know, catch a movie in the theaters just in case you're not able to catch it on DVD? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes. And... You know, there's, it's, it's that, but it's also the experience of being able to go with somebody else and have, you know, the Bluetooth headset mm-hmm. and not have to have them watch the audio description. I'll tell you, it really kills the uh, the suspense. You know, my girlfriend and I watched Gone Girl the other day with the audio <laughs> description on here. Kills the suspense when they suspense when they tell you what's going to happen yeah. three seconds before. So yeah, I mean, but yes, there is there is that pressure to try to get there and make sure I see it and and, uh, and don't miss out. Absolutely. I saw Shutter Island with the same thing, and it, it did kind of spoil some stuff coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I, I did notice as a Marvel-centric podcast, uh, we uh, I, I saw the list on um, the website um, that uh, many of Marvel's big releases actually do come with that track when brought to DVD or Blu-ray, and it's just a, just kind of a shame that it's not on Netflix. I mean, I was on um, I was on Netflix last night rewatching uh, the first episode for the third time, um, and I noticed that they had German uh, subtitles. I mean, 
You know, <laughs> I looked at it last night. So in, in preparation for today, I was kind of playing with what they were offering in terms of other languages and, and all that. Yeah, and they've got German, French, you know, obviously English, Spanish. It's, it's amazing. Closed mm-hmm. captioning, but no audio description. Well, well I mean, if, if Marvel's good about adding that to their DVD releases, I'm sure the, the DVD of this show will have it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not ideal because who knows when that's going to come out. You'd like to enjoy it with everyone else, right? Right. Well, and I'm paying for it, essentially. You know, I'm a Netflix subscriber, and part of that is I'm paying for the ability to not have to wait for the DVD. Yeah. You know, and... But but it, it is frustrating, absolutely. I mean, even iTunes has has it. Yeah. <laughs> so I do just think it would transfer over to another digital format just as easily. Well, now from what I understand, uh, iTunes doesn't have it uh, on every on every. Oh, not on everyone. Okay. No, I from what I know, it's just a couple that you have to order specially uh. and buy them separately. So that's that's another you know frustration, and mm. uh, you know Netflix, I think legally is is a little different. Uh, in terms of how you handle it, it's a, mo- a little bit more like a traditional retailer, and you can kind of address it that way. Whereas a, st- right. a service like Netflix is something that's a whole new animal. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do you deal with something that's not a traditional retail store? So, so Netflix doesn't have descriptions on any any of their stuff, do they? No. No. Okay. So, are you subscribed mostly for your family members? Uh, I mean, you know, there's still a lot that I can watch. I mean, I get 30 Rock. I get, you know, sitcoms. Okay. We're working mm-hmm. our way through Scandal. But it's just not something I can sit down and watch independently. Yeah. Okay. Right. So something that's more dialogue. Something that's more dialogue heavy, you may not ne- even need the descriptive. Right. On- yeah, okay. Yeah, I noticed, like, in the first episode, uh, you know, Foggy... Um, says, like, oh, she's shrugging her shoulders. I think that means we should sit down. So I was thinking, <laughs> oh, this would be a part where the audio descri- describer wouldn't actually have to say anything because Foggy's actually saying it's a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a friend of mine, um, Maureen, um, who's, who's visually impaired, and she absolutely loves any kind of crime series like CSI and... Um, I'm trying to think. I don't watch any of the Law and Order ones like that because she she said to me before and she's recommended them to me and I keep saying to her I will borrow them from you, but she said they're so um, they're so dialogue heavy because you know on CSI they're like oh we're testing this for blood and there's blood and they basically say every single step as it goes along right and she finds them very easy to follow um, like rather than some other other TV series. Yeah, so, I mean, I just want to let people know that if they want to know about uh, the project to um, maybe let, you know, let Net- put, put a little pressure on Netflix to have this option available, it's an uh, uh, accessible Netflix project, uh, which is available at netflixproject.wordpress.com, so people should check that out. Um, as, as a podcaster, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about looking into this as a career choice. I, I I just think of this as color commentary for movies, and I think it just sounds awesome. I just, I mean, like just being be able to be like, oh my god, the Hulk just totally destroyed that alien craft. He he caught Iron Man. Everything's good. We're good. Now, would you listen to a commentary like Robin just? <laughs> you know what? That I can get. That's something I can get from, from whoever I go to the movie with. Uh, you know, you tend to try to stick to something more clinical, but you know. yeah. Because, you know, you guys were talking about football. Um, we're not talking about American football. We're talking about football with a U, right? Uh, the uh, football for soccer uh, before the podcast. And, um, uh, and I, I almost thought of it as like, oh, well, 
maybe just enjoying sports is it's almost the same thing as enjoying sports. They already have a color commentator that's telling you everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. They do. It's kind of built in. Actually, in yeah. in college, I did that job. I was a color commentator for for our local sports team. Nice. And so that was that had you know obviously its own challenges. But but yeah, I mean it, it's the, it, and I think that's part of the reason I tend to watch so much sports is that it kind of has this built in accessibility. You know, you've got the play-by-play person, you've got the color commentator, plus the radio, you know, there's radio broadcasts of the games, which are so much more uh, descriptive. So it lends itself to that very well. See, I am so little a sports fan, I thought play-by-play person and color commentator, (laughs) same thing. (laughs) I don't even know what sport is, I'm so (laughs) You guys like sports ball? I literally just support Fulham because my dad does. I'm like, yay, Fulham. I have no idea like if they're any good, but yay. They're not. I can tell you they're not. No. I'll, I'll tell them, yeah. <laughs> can, can I ask you like what what's like the quality of uh, audio description? I mean, there is is do you do you list do you have like any favorite movie or movies or television shows just because the audio description is much better than than the usual. You know, I can't say that I do. Uh, the, 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 the quality is pretty consistent, I would say, across, and it's very good. Okay. Uh, and, and you notice it's the same, at least it seems to have been, the same three or four vo- voice actors for the last, how I don't even know how long, years and years, who are doing it. And yeah, it's, it's very good. I mean, the, the descriptions are very detailed. Obviously, there are some movies that just don't lend themselves as well, very dialogue-heavy movies, mm-hmm. uh, because they, again, try to avoid stepping on dialogue. Right. So... So those kind of movies don't work necessarily as well, but I would say the quality across the board is really high. I mean, the, the amount of enjoyment I get out of out of a described movie versus not is it's it's to the point where I will rarely go to the theater to not not to see a described movie. So these voice actors that that often do it are they is that exclusively what they do, or would people know them from other things? Or I you know I have no idea. I've never investigated that. Okay, so they don't have like. Stunt casting for this voice act, like they don't. I mean, it's not Morgan Freeman. I can tell you that. That would be uh, you know went to go and see like Lord of the Rings or something, and it's Ian McKellen. He's like, and then this happens. I'd be like, wow, Gandalf's telling me what's going on. (laughs) If he did it in character too, character Gandalf describing what's happened. I imagine it would be very similar to an audiobook, though. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you can, like, uh, instantly, like, transport you away, and then some audiobooks are like, this is hard, kind of hard to follow. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm almost thinking of it from both the performance perspective and also the, the quality of the writing ahead of time. So, well, and I, I assume that it, it's all script, you know, they have a script, obviously, that they're working from. I don't know who prepares that, but again, it's been, it's pretty, pretty consistently good. So I don't know who has to say in, you know, because, I mean, I, I guess there are some creative decisions that they have to make in terms of interpreting facial expressions and that sort of thing. So I don't know who has input on that, but... You know, a lot of that stuff could be in the shooting script. Like, those are quite um, detailed sometimes with describing specific action and specific moods and all that stuff, but yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's true. I wonder if people ever write the script with that in mind. Oh, just sure. think about, you know, think about all the aspects of production and including that, mm. you know. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I'd like to think that that's true. <laughs> I, I certainly would I, like to think that. I don't know. You know, it's, it's because in the, in the grand scheme, and part of the problem we're working against is it's a smaller, smaller demographic, I guess, mm-hmm. that, you know, are blind consumers of media. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, not necessarily a highly targeted demographics, you know. So I don't know. I, I, I would be curious to see what, if any, interaction the, the filmmaking crew has with the description. I'm sure there's a lack of knowledge as to, you know, I'm sure TV execs, they don't think, they probably think that, you know, blind people, oh, they can't see, so they don't watch TV. You know what I mean? But that's not, obviously not true. There's just a, probably a lack of education on that subject. Yeah, I, excuse me. I, w- I would imagine that that's the case. I mean, people ask, that's a fairly common question that I get. Yeah. Is, do I watch TV and, you know, what do I, how do I do it? And, mm-hmm. So, so how did you? I mean, how, how did you experience the first episode? What did you do to compensate? Well, so I'll set the scene. I'm sitting at a at a <laughs> Kansas City laundromat, <laughs> washing my comforter, as one does, and I uh, <laughs> I have I'm, I've got it running on my iPhone, uh, and so and I purposely didn't watch it with somebody just so I could get a sense of how you know how how it is without audio description and without any help. I will say that by the end of the episode with the exception of maybe the last three or four minutes, I had a good sense of what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you know, it took until the end before I was able able to figure out there were some cer- certain scenes that, that really threw me until until later dialogue explained what was going on. And I don't know if you guys want to go into specifics of the episode. I don't know if you've recapped it yet or anything like that. But <laughs> we have Yeah, we've recapped... Oh, yeah, we have recapped it by this point, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we've recapped it on our main show, but yeah. okay. <laughs> any highlights you want to talk about? Okay, right? yeah, no, so so I'm just trying to avoid spoilers, but so, for example, the scene uh, in the in the jail mm-hmm. where, where, you know, the assassin comes in, yeah. mm-hmm. right, and, and he's strangling her, and I had absolutely no idea what was happening there. <laughs> and so, you know, I didn't know if it was just a common, like, a street crime going on, something, mm-hmm. something like that. And so, a few minutes later, when Matt and Foggy are talking about what happened, the security system went down in the jail, and oh, yeah, our yeah. client was attacked, I'm like, what are you talking about? Did I just, <laughs> did I just skip something? You know, what happened here? So, things like that were really confusing. Uh, and then obviously the combat scenes, which are, are some of the things that are getting the best the best press and the best reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was obviously, I mean, you know, one punch sounds the same as any other. Yeah. And so I'll tell you, he does a lot of crouch punching. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. He's always on it. Crouch. It looks like he's always like half the time he's fighting on his on his knees. Like <laughs> yeah, a lot of close combat. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it um, must it have is, been like you said. The, sorry, Robin. The, like the last okay. few minutes because. It, it, you know, it's it is just a montage with with a music over the top, and obviously, I guess whenever that happens in a um, a film, they use to convey a lot of information. But if you've just right. got the music or like a song or anything, then or just dialogue sometimes, but that's not actually what's showing on screen, then that must just be really confusing. Oh, the montage yeah. is the is the bane of my existence. Oh, okay. I, was I, uh, say, I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the montage never works, you know. And, and I, I was a big fan of uh, Sons of Anarchy, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know they were they were big on the the five minute end of show montage. I'm like, all right, well I can check out early, go uh, <laughs> a walk, and catch the scenes from next week. So yeah, no, the montage that's absolutely it's it's killer. Yeah. Yeah. So you yeah you would have no way of knowing like that uh, security guard that made the attempt on Karen's life killed himself at the end uh, during the montage. Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, did, you have I did, your, not. did you have your girlfriend explain to you this stuff after? I didn't. I, you know, we're gonna go back and watch it uh, okay. together. But I thought I thought it'd be more interesting for for these purposes just to see what I was able to pull uh, yeah, yeah. myself. But yeah, no, she's like, well, I want to watch it, so we're gonna go back <laughs> and and check it out. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I've got a bit of a random question because I um, have, I'm the only one out of the, the um, four of us for the podcast that has seen the entire show. Um, okay. I, w- I watched it in the 13 hour marathon um, this weekend. And, <laughs> That's dedication. Uh, That's just... Yeah, and then I got 16 hours sleep, so <laughs> I think I needed it. Um, but one of the things I was interested in, this is without going into spoilers, is from the the lawyer and sort of day to day aspect of Nelson and Murdoch was the technology that they had Matt use in the show. And one of the things I was interested to ask you was sort of now with how good technology is and you know apps and there's an app for everything in your profession and what they show in the in the show is kind of a mix of technology and braille. Sort of how much is there more of a reliance now on technology rather than than using braille? Well, to a large extent, I think it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the older blind community is adamant that Braille is, is essential, and they have great statistics that show that, pe- you know, blind people who are literate in Braille have a significantly higher employment rate than, than yeah. illiterate blind people. But for me, and I, and I, I do read Braille, or I'm capable of reading Braille, but at this point, Technology is so good, like you were saying, mm-hmm. that it's just it's just not time effective for me. Uh, so I do everything electronically. I have a, a program on my computer that reads the screen to me, mm-hmm. and so much of my job is on the computer yeah. that that it's I mean it's it's essentially I do my job. There's very little difference between how I do it and how a sighted attorney does their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just way worse at spotting typos, but <laughs> other, than, other than that, it's it's you know it's fairly similar, and so. You know, and I'll be, I was actually, it's funny you say that, I was wondering how they are going to portray, if they are going to portray the technology that he uses, mm-hmm. uh, and if it is going to be, you know, that more classic Braille only, or if they're going to go with a more modern, uh, you know, use of screen reading software, and, you know, that's not quite as uh, exotic, mm-hmm. I guess, as having him have a, a huge, you know, Braille textbook that doesn't really drive the point home if he's just sitting in his computer with headphones, but... They yeah. seem to so do a mix of both. Yeah, I think I think they 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 seem to do a mix of both in the show, which I think is for the reasons you gave. You know, so they make it what it would realistically be for, I guess, a guy in his generation, but also with the braille, you know, which people are familiar with. So I think that's maybe why they did it. But yeah, I was just interested because it was one of the things I was you know, um, sort of interested to follow when I was watching the show. And that's and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, Josh, because there are a lot of uneducated people out there. I mean, we watched Trial of the Incredible Hulk a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and, I mean, to this day, it's still stuck in my mind that um, a uh, a blind person might just, like, feel a person's face to take their photograph, and that <laughs> seems so cliche these <laughs> Let me tell you, okay, I, I love, I'll dispel that right now. I've never done that. It's a pretty, pretty decent pickup line, but I've never done that. Uh, I've, never, I've never felt, you know, I, I feel like there's the creepy factor there yeah. that comes into play. There's just, there's just no normal way to say, let me feel your face. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and while we're on that subject, I would like to dispel, there's one thing that happened early in the episode that I was chuckling about. Yeah. Is Foggy says, you know, you're, oh, you're always seem to be, you know, running after these beautiful women. I got to learn the blind thing never worked that way <laughs> never had never had the blind thing be a big uh, a big draw so i don't want people out there having that that delusion i think that's as well i, I think part of that is the like he said the whole blind thing with with matt but i think it's just because matt loves the ladies so i think it's all right a personality thing he was right. described in the comics as the biggest himbo to ever wear a pair of tights <laughs> so yeah he loves ladies <laughs> 
<laughs> so were you were you a Daredevil fan before the series? Like, uh, is he a big character? Uh, you know, as much you know, obviously comics have been a little or something that's a little more challenging for me to kind of get into. I've seen you know the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. obviously, but I haven't. You know, I, I'm not so much familiar with the backstories of a lot of these things. So I would say I had an, an awareness of Daredevil just because, again, he's a blind lawyer, and I've known yeah. that that's the direction I'm going for a long time. So, <laughs> so to that extent, yes, I've been aware. Now, in terms of like the mythos and, and his his back. Background, not not quite as much. I have subsequently kind of done some research just to just to kind of acquaint myself, but acquaint myself. But uh, no, I wouldn't say that that I had a particular wasn't particularly you know a huge daredevil guy. I guess. Who is your favorite superhero? Ooh, that's tricky. I was. I mean, I think with with the Batman movies, that was always one that kind of drew to me. Even like Batman Forever and back in the back in the early nineties, with you know when Jim Carrey was the Riddler, that kind of. That kind of got me. So well, Batman I, is actually known as cited Daredevil in in popular culture. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> now, now when you were when you were when you were experiencing the, those Batman, the Joel Schumacher Batman movies, was it described just how neon everything was? <laughs> you know what? So at that point in my life, I didn't lose my sight until I was about nine. So oh. at that point, I could actually kind of see. So maybe maybe that's what drew me. I guess I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Again, did you save an old man, possibly? I didn't. Same age. No. <laughs> yeah, I know, I this is really getting. <laughs> Have you ever? Well, I guess I'm outing myself here as, uh, as Daredevil. I'm Daredevil. <laughs> I am. I am. But the, uh, no, I saved no one. Honestly, it was absolutely not a dramatic, mm-hmm. uh, very cinematic mm-hmm. experience. I guess. Did you find? Oh, oh, go ahead, Claire. Oh, uh, I was going to say the. Uh, like, did you think, <laughs> I love Skype. Uh, did you find that um, uh, some of the the conversation that uh, Matt had with Karen like grown worthy, or were you, were you you know about like how he, he just wishes he could see the sky? You know? <laughs> you know? That that I had a, a chuckle about. And up until then, they were doing really well. To be honest mm, with you, I mean, that's great. Not, you know, the blind the blind jokes. My sister and I were actually talking about this the other day. We were looking at some of the IO9 comments, and we we're laughing because you know we've had so. We've had almost 20 years now of blind jokes, so our standards are really high. I mean, it's got to be good, you know, and there could, there's a tendency for low-hanging fruit, and I'm, so I'm glad to see that the show didn't really take that. So, no, I, th- I thought they did a really, really good job of that. I didn't feel like, oh, this is, this is like, embarrassing. I didn't feel like I was cringing. I didn't, you know. I mean, every now and then you have the thing, you know, like, oh, I don't need the lights. You know, okay, we get it, you know, but... <laughs> Just but, uh, the audience, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of dumb people watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, what you made but, me think, Josh, with the, what you said about the comics, um, they, when they did the current, when they introduced the current run of Daredevil comics, they, uh, issue number one by Mark Wade, who's the current writer, um, some of the guys who work at Marvel, they actually did a, um, like a commentary for that issue where they actually read. Really? Read the, yeah, it's really cool. They read the dialogue and they've sort of read, they had another guy like basically say what was happening on the page and stuff. So, I, know, I mean, I can, cool. I can try and find a link for it if you want and send you it. Well, as far as I know, that's the yeah. only one they did. But it was, it was really cool that they did it, um, you know, when they were sort of introducing the character and it's like, why can't you do this for every issue? It'd be great. <laughs> Right, no, that, you know, the, the audio book, the audio comic book, I mean, yeah, no, I, that would be really cool, yeah, I'd love mm. to see a link to that, but. Yeah, I'll try and find it for you. I actually have just one more question, 
Um, and I hate to bring it back yet again to Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Mm. <laughs> but what, again, what doesn't come back to Trial of the Incredible Hulk? I know. <laughs> uh, Rex Smith played Matt Mur- Murdock, and um, during the movie, Matt is actually accosted several times by people just trying to help. One, like, grabs him and throws him into a cab. One, is like, just grabs his arm and pulls him into an elevator that he's standing there waiting for. I'm wondering if you get accosted at all in real life. <laughs> uh, you know what? I have. I have. Not not yeah. maybe to that extent, but people, and, you know, it's people being nice. People think, you know, trying to be helpful. It's not offensive. Uh, some people, I guess, get touchy about it. I don't, you know, I just think it's it's people being nice. But, yeah, it happens. You know what? A common thing is I do, I do have people who want to stop and pray with me quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. sort of odd. Yeah, I mean, uh, that I've was had that well, Josh, like, It's because I'm an atheist. <laughs> well, there is. <laughs> well, yeah, that's not. It's not really my jam either. But, but you know, as we're walking out of uh, a, a soccer game, actually, last summer, a guy taps me on the shoulder and he goes, uh, "Are you are you blind?" I've got a cane, so yes, obviously, and it's not a fashion choice. But so you, 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 I go, yeah, I am. He goes, hey, do you, and we're mind you, we're in a crowd of people that's you know flowing, and he's like, do you mind if I just stop and we I pray with you? And I'm like, well, if you want to do it later, that's that's awesome. I'm I gotta get going. <laughs> but you know, I find that I've had that experience a lot. But you know, for the most part, people are just really trying to be helpful, and and you just can't look at it as. You know, I think some people feel like it's it's uh, an affront to their independence, maybe, or something like that. And I, I've just never really felt that way. I mean, you know, I, I generally turn it down. I'm usually, no, I'm fine. Thank you. But, you know, people are people are just trying to be nice as a general rule and try to help. So That's true, but it just makes me wonder what they think that will accomplish. But um, Well, there's that, next too. Time, I mean, yeah, next time somebody does that to you, you should, you should say, no, no, I'm not. This is a vanity cane. I'm yeah, very stylish. <laughs> I'm very stylish. Yes, I'm, I'm the blind Mr. Peanut. I just have this thing. Start wearing a top hat and a ball. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is absolutely a vanity thing. I, uh, you know, blind is is the new. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know. Yep. I can't come up with a fashion trend. Yeah. Yes, or you could be a pimp. Yes. Yeah. I just, that's right. Blind is the new pimp. That's good. It's, it's funny because I've I've actually like I've I've had it where I like when I've been out like with my friend Maureen who I mentioned before, and people have kind of like tried to like kind of grab her and like move her place, and she's like, no, 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 I'm fine and stuff. But it always just kind of amuses her that um, you know that that kind of happens. And also, I'll be I'll usually be with her or her husband's with her, you know, or her friends. And it's like, what are you doing? But I think people just want to help, like you said. And yeah, yeah, I can't imagine that just like just randomly somebody just grabs you and throws you off balance in the opposite direction of where right. you're going or whatever. Well, now, now one funny thing that has happened to me on a couple different occasions. So once I was in I was in the hospital for something, and my girlfriend at the time took me to the hospital, and you know we're sitting in in the waiting room and, you know, we're filling out paperwork and they look at her and they say, oh, so did somebody pay you to come with him? And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Oh. And that's that's not an isolated thing. I you know in college one time a friend used to help me get my tray at lunch, mm-hmm. and we're standing there at the. I mean we were there for years. You know it's a small school. It's a, it was a liberal arts college, and somebody says to him there they say oh so this is so nice. You know does the school just you know do they pay you to be here? He's like no I'm I'm a student here. They're like oh okay. <laughs> So, you know, it's just funny how people's how people's minds work. Yeah, <laughs> really. All right. Anybody else have any more questions? Before we wrap it up. I have a question, not Daredevil related. I've always just been curious okay, how how <laughs> how, yeah, how you, I imagine you navigate computers and stuff via voice. 
Uh, I type, actually. I, I, I use screen reading software that I, they call it a key echo. Every key you touch, it tells you what it is. And then there's, you know, countless hotkeys that I use to kind of navigate without a mouse. Oh. So, yeah, I do it pretty pretty traditionally. Uh, and then the iPhone's a little different, or any kind of touchscreen phone, although I use the iPhone, has its own onboard software that has its own gestures and, and system for making it work. So, oh, nice. Yeah, I just I wanted I was curious about uh, how interact how easy or hard interacting with technology is. It gets easier every. It seems like it gets easier every year. It's incredible how far it's come since I kind of started down this road. Mm. That's great. Yeah. Almost twenty years ago, and now now it's 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 incredible. If you told me then what the access I would have now, it would blow my mind. Yeah, I worked in a school system uh, a few years ago when we had a counselor uh, that was visually impaired, and he had that screen reading software, and I'd always hear it going on in the other room, and I'd just be like, <laughs> you know, it wasn't it didn't bother me at all, but I was like, man, that must be maddening just to hear this, you know, K-E-A, you know. <laughs> well, it doesn't bother me, but once in college, I lived in a room with two other guys, there were three of us, and I usually was good about leaving the headphones plugged in uh, so that it wouldn't you know, go off, but I forgot one night, and in the middle of the night, it just started, I don't know, whatever page I was on just auto-refreshed, and so that caused it to start <laughs> reading it again, mm-hmm. but my friends woke up in the middle of the night, and they've got this, you know, monotone voice, just, terrified. But yeah, no, it's, it's, I keep the headphones in at work, just to spare everyone that, that voice. For me, you know, I've, I've listened to it so long that it's second nature. I don't even I don't even think about it. But yeah. all right, well, um, thanks a lot for being on, Josh. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I'm hoping we educated a lot of people today, and I uh, just want to let people who want to know uh, more about uh, audio description um, that the American Council of the Blind actually has a website and has a section. Um, the link should be in the show notes, but just in case it doesn't transfer well because I suck at RSS feeds, uh, it's www.acb.org slash ADP slash movies dot HTML. Um, I hope you got all that. <laughs> if not, hit rewind. Yeah, they can rewind. Uh, They're fine. <laughs> and, of course, uh, check out io9.com uh, for that article. We should have the link in the show notes as well. But um, thanks a lot, Josh. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you all so much for having me. You're a great guest. I try. I try hard. So. It's hard to get me to leave, though. That's really that right? Have you ever podcasted before? Uh, I did radio for several years. Never podcasted, though. Oh, nice. That's the same thing. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's like podcast is radio now, you know. There's, yeah. no, there's no real radio anymore. Listen to whenever you want, which is great. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And no commercials. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, since this is a bonus episode, I won't uh, force, uh, force us all to do the uh, wrap-up uh, uh, plugs. You guys all got it. So uh, we'll catch you on uh, the next episode, uh, episode two. I think it's called Cutman. It is called Cutman. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, see you later, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. 
Excelsior